So this morning we are going to be in Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 13 for our congregational reading. But we're going to move around a little bit because this morning I really want to see uh, what we should do about hearing God speak. So Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 13. For it is God who is working in you both to will and to work according to his good purpose. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the day that you have given us. Lord, I thank you for the ability to be able to stream our services online. Father, I thank you for those who are tuning in online. Lord, I pray that you would bless them. I pray that you would work through them. Lord, I pray that through this sermon you would speak to us. And Lord, I pray that you would reveal yourself to us. Lord, I pray that we would be empty vessels for you that you would use and use mightily. Lord, help us to pay attention to you. Help us to slow down and seek your voice, seek where you're working. Lord, and to realize that you are always at work and it's up to us to join you in that work. Thank you for this church and for what it stands for. And thank you for this day. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. I know you're online this morning. I know you're watching. But I want you to think for just a moment about the body of Christ what it takes to make the body of Christ come together. When you're here, I know that you're probably watching from the comfort of your home, and you may be by yourself or you may be with just a few other people, but think about the body of Christ when it comes together. You have uh, different age groups, different generations altogether. You have different backgrounds and different ethnicities. You have different uh, areas of expertise. You have different areas of knowledge and different ways of doing things. However, on Sundays when we come together collectively, we come together so that we can uh, have a common purpose. We come together to grow in our relationship with the Lord, to worship Him, and we grow and, and we come together to have fellowship and to encourage other believers. I can't help but think sometimes that we miss out on a lot of what God has in store for us simply because we fail to hear God speak. I think we as Christians have gotten to a point where we fail to listen to God speak. Now, don't misunderstand me on this. Sure, Christians hear God speak. However, Christianity has been watered down to such a place where we fail to recognize God speaking collectively. We have become so complacent in our lives. We have become so busy in our business and we've become so comfortable in our homes that we fail to slow down and listen to God speaking to us. Now, right now, there are a group of teens in our church at Pole Creek who are going through a study called Experiencing God, uh, which was written by Henry Blackaby, a wonderful study that has been tried and tested that I actually had the opportunity to take when I was a teen coming up in youth group. And I want to let you know these teens are taking it very seriously, and it's exciting to see the Lord work in them. And I, I really am looking forward to what God is going to do through this group because of this study. And because of what we're doing and because of what we're going through, I want to take some time this morning and share some of that with you. So the first thing that we need to be aware of is that God is always at work around us. God is always at work. We see this in Scripture, throughout Scripture, and we, the same is true of us today, that God is always at work today 
uh, around us in the modern world. We see a ton of evidence in Scripture about the work of God and how he is continually working. From Genesis, with his work in creation, all the way through the biblical narrative to Revelation, we see God continually working. Uh, we we uh, see his work in us as we walk the Christian experience and we grow closer to him. We see that during Jesus's ministry, he was constantly working and drawing people to himself. As a church, as a body of believers, we must first understand that God is always at work. He doesn't work a little bit over here and a little bit over there and then take a break. He's always at work. It is up to us as believers in Christ to seek him, to find out where he is at work, and then to join him in that work. Sometimes that's a lot easier said than done. Here's what we typically do. We typically see a need, which is a good thing. We see a need, and we want to get involved. We want to fill that need. We want to fill that void. We want to help people out. We see a need, and we run full steam ahead toward that need, getting supplies that we need for it, uh, trying to draw in people that we need to help us, uh, making all effort to fill this need and to, to conduct this particular business. And then when we're completely ready and we're about to begin, then we pray and we say, Lord, would you bless this effort? Lord, would you work through me in this effort? Father, would you supply everything that we need? Lord, would you send me people to help as we look to go out and do this work? Rather than looking to God first, we outrun God. We move ahead of him. We try to make it happen apart from him, so to speak. This is how the, the approach should be instead. Lord, I see this need, but where is it that you're working where is it you would like me to be involved? How should we go about doing this? Father, is this a need that is your will and you want us to pursue? Or is it something that I have concocted on my own and I'm getting ahead of myself? In this study that we're doing with these teens, there is a story about this very thing. These college students set out to uh, start a Bible study group in their dorms. And they decided, hey, we don't have any Bible study groups. We want to form a Bible study group in this dorm. And for two consecutive years, they had little to no success. It was almost a colossal failure. So they couldn't get anything started. They couldn't make any headway. And finally, they got together, and the leader of this group said, I tell you what, he said, we're going about this the wrong way. He said, let's take a step back. Let's pray. Let's find out where God is working. He said, so for the next few days, I want you to just look around and try to see where God is working. He will reveal it to you. Pray and ask him to see where he's working, see where there's evidence of God working. And then if you have any plans, stop those plans and join God in that work. So a few days went by and there was a girl in her class and uh, she's in class and a girl approaches her and she said, hey, I think you're a Christian and I want to ask you a couple of questions. Well, this particular girl, she had another class she was getting ready to go to, but she remembered what her leader said about canceling her plans. So she skipped her class and these two young ladies went to the cafeteria and had a conversation. And this girl told her, she said, there's a group of about 12 or 13 of us who are trying to start a Bible study group. 
She said, but none of us are Christians, and we want to study the Bible. She said, but I, I know you're a Christian. Would you lead us in this Bible study group? Here's the point. For two consecutive years, this group of students had looked to start a Bible study group, and in three days of praying and asking God where he was at work, this Bible study group came to fruition. And because of that, five total Bible study groups were started, three in the women's dorms and two in the men's dorms. So God is always at work around us, and we must be prepared to join him wherever he is active. We must be prepared to join God in the work he is already doing around us. Just like those people who wanted to start that Bible study, it didn't come together until they found out where God was already at work. It didn't happen just because they wanted it to happen. The Lord is at work in your life as well. It doesn't matter where you work or what you do for a living. It doesn't matter who your family or friends are. It doesn't matter where you live. If you are patient and seek the Lord, you too will discover that he is always at work around you. When we as believers have difficulty seeing God at work, it's usually because we are focused too much on self. We have a self-centered approach to things. Think about a self-centered approach for just a minute and see if any of these things apply to you. A self-centered life is a life that focuses on self. It is constantly proud of self and your personal accomplishments. It is self-confident and depends on your own abilities. It seeks to be acceptable to the world and its ways. It looks at circumstances from a human perspective alone. It chooses selfish and worldly living. If we are honest with ourselves and take a long, hard look within us, we would probably admit that we often fall into the trap of self-centered lifestyle more often than not. Especially for us men, we have a tendency to say, I can handle it. I don't need any help. I can do that. We can get through it. The entire focus is on us. Our abilities will get us through. The problem with this, with this way of living is we miss out on the work God has for us because we are so consumed with self. Instead, we should be more concerned with living a God-centered life. A God-centered life will look like this. And, and a lot of this, by the way, that I'm using is part of this study that these teens are going through. I'm so proud of them. A God-centered life will look like this. One that places confidence in God. It depends on God and His abilities. It focuses on God and His activity. It is humble before God. It is one that denies self. It seeks the kingdom of God first. It seeks God's perspective in every circumstance. It chooses holy and godly living. Do you see the difference there? We shift our focus from an I and me standpoint to a God and what he wants to do in our life and a more God-centered focus entirely. So we have established that God is always at work around us. And we will, we've also seen how in order to hear more clearly, we have to shift uh, our perspective from a self-centered focus to a God-centered focus. And, but once we've done that, how is it that we can expect to hear God speak to us? So throughout Scripture... God is constantly speaking to his people. That's evident from the beginning of creation all the way through Revelation. Like I mentioned earlier, we see God speaking to his people. 
At first, he walked in close fellowship with Adam and Eve. Even after they sinned, they, they fell into sin and rebellion. We see God speak to them. We see God speak to Noah when he is commanded to build an ark. We see God speak to Joshua. We see God speak through all the minor and major prophets. We see God speak through the New Testament, through Jesus. And all the time, through his people, we are seeing God speak. God actually spoke to Moses through a burning bush. Now, how many of you have ever been spoken to from God through a burning bush? A bush that is literally on fire, yet is not being consumed. None of you, right? That's the only example that we have of that happening throughout Scripture, by the way. God spoke directly to His people over 2,000 times in the Old Testament alone. That is a lot of God speaking. There are phrases throughout the Old Testament like this. The word of the Lord came to, or, and God spoke to. Now, chances are, God is never going to reveal himself to you through a burning bush. Do you know why? Scripture actually tells us. Look at the very first verse in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 says this. Long ago, God spoke to the fathers by the prophets at different times and in different ways. Verse 2. In these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, God no longer speaks as he once did. The revelation that God once used was brought in various ways, such as through parables, historical narrative, prophetic confrontation, dramatic presentation, psalms, and proverbs. Now, these last days that is mentioned does not mean that it's not a long period of time. It just means that it's the last period. In these last days, he has spoken to us through his Son. That doesn't mean either that Jesus brought a message from God the Father. It means Jesus is the message from God the Father. All that being said, how does God speak to us? God is always at work, and he wants you and me to join him in his work. He chooses to involve us in his work, which means we have to live a God-centered life and be attentive to him speaking to us. But how is it he speaks to us? We know that he only ever once spoke to someone through Scripture, through a burning bush. He only appeared to Paul on the road to Damascus through a bright light and an audible voice. How is it God speaks to us today? Well, first of all, God speaks to us today through the Holy Spirit. Remember what Jesus told his disciples in John 15. He said, When the Counselor comes, the one I will send to you from the, from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify about me. Each and every one of you listening today who have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you have the Holy Spirit living within you. Without exception, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit resides in you. The Holy Spirit is your inner witness. He will reveal himself to you. Some will describe this as your conscience speaking or your inner voice. The Holy Spirit will convict of sin. When the Holy Spirit speaks to us, it is a supernatural communication. Non-believers do not have this within them. The Holy Spirit will transmit knowledge He wants us to have on a particular subject. The Holy Spirit will bear truth of the witness of Jesus Christ. He will give conf evidence and confirm. He will lead us in confession and testimony. Now we can, however, stifle the Holy Spirit. Remember earlier we mentioned living a self-centered lifestyle. If we are living a self-centered lifestyle and aren't concerned with living for God and joining Him in His work, 
then we will not hear the Holy Spirit leading us. We will miss out on what he has to say. The voice of the Holy Spirit will become smaller and smaller until he no, we no longer hear him speaking to us at all. If we are living a God-centered life, you will hear the Holy Spirit speaking to you. He will convict you of sin, as I mentioned moments ago. He will direct us in what to do. He will reveal the truth of Scripture to us. He will help us to discern what is the truth and what is deception. Remember, Satan doesn't use outright lies. Satan uses a lot of truth with some deception mixed in. He will reveal to us if we are walking with God or not. Uh, he will reveal uh, if we're living a God-centered life. The, the Holy Spirit isn't something that's going to come out of your own head knowledge, by the way. It's not going to come out of your emotions. It's, things are going to be revealed clearly from the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk more about the Holy Spirit in a little bit. But for now, there are other ways that God speaks to us as well. God speaks to us through His revealed Word. God has given us His Word so that it can be a light unto our path. His Word reveals things we should do. His Word reveals things we should not do. His Word reveals things we should uh, run away from, and His Word reveals things that we should run toward. His Word reveals to us what to do in certain situations. God has given us the Bible in order to hear from Him. Now, the Bible is broken up, of course, into two sections, the Old Testament and the New Testament, 66 total books. And unless you have a chronological study Bible, the Bible is not written in such a way that you read from cover to cover like many other times because of the, the way that it's in literature, the way the literature is put together. However, that does not mean that God does not have a ton that He wants to say to us. He, he has so much through his revealed word that he wants to say to us. Here's, here's the issue, though. I believe much of uh, many of us in the 21st century, we don't do a good enough job of being involved in Scripture. We, we will put, oftentimes put so much time and effort into trying to figure out what it is God is trying to say and completely ignored, ignore the revealed words of God. We fail to spend time alone reading the words of God, and seeing what He wants to reveal to us. It is through the Bible that we, re we learn who God is, what He values, and how to live a life that puts our trust in Him. We can't do these things, and we'll certainly not do them if we aren't reading His Word. God has said throughout Scripture how important it is to read our Bible, not only during church services in public, but also on our own time. We should devote ourselves as a church and as individuals to studying His Word. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 13 says this, Until I come, give your attention to public reading, exhortation, and teaching. Reading the Bible is vital. Reading the Bible will help us to know and do the will of God. Reading the Bible will help us to identify false teaching and false teachers by understanding what it is God teaches himself. Reading the Bible will help us to grow closer to the Lord and to be sensitive to sin in our lives. Reading the Bible will simply help our knowledge uh, from a biblical standpoint to be able to give a defense of why we believe what we believe. Reading the Bible will uh, give us a closer and better fellowship with other believers. Reading the Bible will help us stand firm against Satan and his attacks. Reading God's word will help us to better hear the Holy Spirit when he is talking to us, and his word 
will give us direction. God wants to speak to us, and we as believers want to hear God. So why not turn to the Bible for wisdom and understanding? It's like sometimes we have this expectation of God to speak to us while not wanting to really involve ourselves in his, in ourselves in his revealed word. God speaks to us by the Holy Spirit. God speaks to us by his revealed word. And he speaks to us through prayer. Do you pray? How often do you pray? Do you pray just when you wake up in the morning? Do you pray just when you go to bed? Do you pray throughout your day? How often do you do you pray? Do you live with an attitude of prayer, or do you only pray when you need something or at certain times of the day? As believers, prayer is not just important for us. It is a must for us. We must pray. We should pray in the small things and in the large things. When was the last time you got alone with God and spent time in prayer? We all live busy lives. Students have uh, summer plans and school getting ready to start back and uh, they're, they're trying to maintain a, a social presence and they're, some of them are working. As adults, we have responsibilities. We have work. We have families to take care of. We have those same social appearances to keep up if we so choose. And we, each, each and every day has enough busyness. Do we slow down and spend time with God in prayer? Do we live with that attitude of prayer? I truly believe that very few Christians, very few believers in Christ, pray as they should. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17 tells us to pray constantly, or some of your versions may say, pray without ceasing. What does it mean to pray constantly? Now, this doesn't mean you walk around day and night and the only thing you do is ever pray. This means you live your life with an attitude of prayer. Prayer shouldn't be just some formal thing that we do at the beginning of a church service and at the end of a church service. Although we do that, and it is important, prayer should be something that we do throughout our day, throughout our week, throughout our lives as believers in Christ. We should be spending time in prayer. Prayer also shouldn't be something that's done only in a time of need. Praying without ceasing means we should also feel and react to the presence of God in our lives. To pray constantly means to be ever aware of the Lord's role in your life. The Lord will speak to us in prayer. He will make answers we need and things we should, we should be doing evident through prayer. Through prayer, the Holy Spirit, as we talked about earlier, will reveal himself and speak to us. We need to be still, still and listen. So maybe you're a new believer. Or maybe you've been a Christian for years, but you've never had anyone disciple you on how to pray. And you say, how do I pray? Well, let me be very clear. There's no formula or magic to this. However, if you need some help on this matter, I'll share with you an acronym that I've shared with our students many times, which is simply this, the word ACTS, A-C-T-S. If you're looking for a way to model your prayer life, use the acronym ACTS. The first uh, letter A in, in the word ACTS is adoration. We should adore the Lord. Lord, I adore you for what you've done. Lord, I adore you for who you are. Lord, there's no one else worthy of being glorified and worshipped other than you. We adore you. We adore your creation. Thank you, Lord, for what you have created. Thank you, Lord, for what you have done. Then we have the C, 
which stands for confession. We need to be confessing our sins to God. And it shouldn't be something where we just simply say, oh, Lord, uh, forgive me of my sins. No, it should be, Lord, forgive that hurtful thing I said to my coworker the other day. Lord, I was mad and angry and upset. I shouldn't have said that. Lord, will you forgive me? And Father, will you please give me an opportunity to make amends with my coworker or whoever it may be that I've hurt? Lord, forgive whatever it is. Forgive that hurtful word. Forgive my greedy heart. Not just simply, Lord, forgive my sins. What is that sin? Openly confess that sin to him. Have a conversation with him about it. He knows what it is, but he wants to hear us. He wants to hear us confess it. You can go straight to Jesus Christ in prayer and ask forgiveness and confess those things to him. The next letter, letter T, is thanksgiving. Lord, I'm thankful. What are you thankful for? I'm thankful for Pole Creek. I'm thankful for this church. I'm thankful for the opportunity to be able to stand before you today and give a sermon that is only available to you online listeners. We're standing in an empty auditorium today, thankful for the giving of this church who makes this possible, thankful for those who run sound and video. That's got to happen. That's got to, those people have to be here in order to make that happen. I'm thankful for the outdoor services that we get to have. I'm thankful for that ability and those people who help to put that together. I'm thankful for my family and friends. I'm thankful for my children. I'm thankful for the opportunity as a student pastor in this community to be involved in our local school systems. School's getting ready to start back up in about a week and a half, and we have clubs that we go to. I, I have the opportunity to go sit and actually eat lunch in a public school setting with my students. That's, that's exciting. I really look forward to that. What are you thankful for? Tell the Lord. I'm thankful. So Acts, Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, uh, now the S stands for supplication. What are your needs? What are your needs? What do you need? It could be anything. Lord, I have a, uh, a job interview coming up, and Lord, I'm nervous. Would you please give me the words to say throughout this interview? And Lord, if it be your will, I really need this job. So Father, I, I pray that you would supply that need. Maybe you've got a, a health scare coming up, and you've got a doctor's appointment, and you say, Lord, I really need you to be present in, right now. I need you to draw near to me. I need you, Father. Uh, Lord, I need you during these results. Lord, I pray that you would be with me regardless of what the results are. Lord, help me to find my comfort in you. So that's a simple way, a little acronym. Again, like I said, there's no rhyme or reason to that. There's no way that you must pray. But if you've never had anyone disciple you in that, if you've never had anyone to show you how to pray, that's a simple acronym that you can follow throughout your daily life to, uh, to, to go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, as believers in Christ... We must be a praying people. We must be. It is that important. The last way we will look at today that God speaks to us is through our circumstances. God will speak to you through your circumstances. Now, this is one that we have to be careful about. And what I mean by that is that we have to walk closely enough with God so that we will not be deceived when a circumstance is contrary to the Word of God. So every circumstance and every situation that you find yourself is not find yourself in is not God speaking directly to you. Now He can certainly use every circumstance and every situation that you find yourself in, but there will be some circumstances in which you are placed where God is using you, use, using that very moment to communicate with you. God will allow for opportunities 
for you to glorify him through circumstances that you find yourself in. If we pay attention and are, and are obedient in those situations and we rely on the Holy Spirit's guidance, uh, we will see God speaking to us. The really neat thing about this is we will all have uh, unique opportunities in this. Every single day you come in contact with people that I will not come in contact with. Each and every day I come in contact with people that you will not come in contact with. Through those circumstances, we will see perhaps if we are living a God-centered lifestyle that God is speaking to us through those situations. God is looking for those opportunities to use us throughout those circumstances. As a matter of fact, the other day, I was getting gas, and I was right here in Candler at a gas, local gas station, and there was a man next to me, and I, I happened to look over and noticed he had on a hat indicating that he was a veteran of our armed forces. I think it's important to acknowledge those men and women who have served, so I just kind of looked over there to him, and I said, excuse me, sir, I said, I just want to tell you thank you for your service. He said, oh, well, you're quite welcome, and that led to a conversation, and throughout this conversation that I'm having with this gentleman, he told me, he said, you know, the being drafted was the best thing that ever happened to me. He said it was wonderful. And as we continued talking, the reason that it was so wonderful for him was that was when he came to know the, know the Lord. Uh, a girl witnessed to him one day in the, in the army, and he came to know the Lord and repented of his sins, put his trust in him, and now he walks closely with the Lord. So we continued talking. This man was filling up. He was getting ready to, he, he, local man, he was getting ready to head to Boston to spend some time with his family. And through this conversation, he, he mentioned to me, he said, would you, would you please care to pray for my daughter? He said, my daughter, she's not living, she, he said, she, she was saved. He said, I, I know she's got a relationship. He said, but she's not walking as closely as I would like to see her walk with the Lord. He said, would you please pray for her? I said, absolutely. So we've been praying for her as well. And, and we actually prayed as a, as a student body in our student center for, for that woman uh, the other day. So throughout your day, there will be opportunities to serve Christ that the Holy Spirit will reveal to you if you're walking closely with him. Now, understand me when I say this, that your prayer... And your, con your uh, circumstances cannot be contrary to the Word of God. God will not communicate something to you that is contrary to the Word of God. It's, it cannot be in opposition to His Word. Here's something else we have to be careful of. If we allow our sinful, self-centered desires to creep in, we can sometimes confuse our desire with the desire of God. Just because our circumstances and prayer seem to be pointing us in a direction does not mean that we do not have to weigh it against Scripture and see what Scripture says regarding the matter. When we do that, we should have clarity. I want to leave you with something. Uh, there's no magic formula to all this, to, to hearing God speak. There's no secret method that you need to follow. It's simply going to come from a close relationship with Jesus Christ. As we walk with him, he will reveal himself to us. Remember, he is always at work and wants us to join him in that work. My prayer is that each of you watching today online have a relationship with Jesus Christ. My prayer is that you earnestly seek him and that you hear from him and that you join him in his work daily. If we collectively did that, Imagine 
what God would do through his people at Pole Creek. Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we do love you. And Father, we recognize <coughs> that you're always at work around us. Lord, help us to seek you. Help us to be sensitive to your Holy Spirit, to join you in that work. Father, help us to slow down and have a prayer life that's meaningful. Help us to listen to your Holy Spirit for guidance. Lord, convict us using your Holy Spirit. Lord, help us to pay attention to our circumstance and realize that you could be using a circumstance to speak directly to us and invite us into work with you. Lord, we do love you. I pray that you'd be with each one today. Lord, give us opportunities to serve and glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.